0: Thank you, guys. Always, always thank you. You know, it's interesting. God calls all nations to himself. All nations. All nations called to the cross. All nations called to forgiveness. All nations given hope in eternity. And you get to see that this morning, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, This is our first week that we have uh, people online. We're streaming the service. So you know, hey, everybody, if you're there, it's good, I'm excited. For those who can't be here, we are glad that they have an opportunity to join with us in what God is doing here. So I'm glad you're here. If you're visiting for the first time, welcome. Uh, it's really great to know new people. Uh, if you haven't met a new person today, uh, you forgot the sermon about five, six weeks ago. So please meet somebody new. Don't come to church and just know the same people. We should uh, introduce ourselves and, uh, and welcome each other as family, right? You don't let somebody walk into your house and not get to know them. So this is our house, so let's get to know one another. We're celebrating Advent this year again. It's Christmas time. It's what we do every year. And um, we're not just anticipating the original coming of Christ. We celebrate that, but we are anticipating the second coming of Christ. And that's exciting news. Uh, I remember when I was uh, I was about this big, I don't know how old it was, young, old enough to understand what a promise was. And my aunt Pat was my dad's sister. She said, Hey, this year, this summer, I'm taking you and your sister to Disneyland. You can count on it. It's fantastic. You ever do that when you're little, somebody promises you something when you're little enough to get promised something. And what happens? You start to well up with excitement and anticipation. You start to, you're eager for what's coming. Right. And so me and my sister, you know what happens when you do this? We're going to Disneyland. We start thinking about the rides we're going to go on. We start planning out what we think we're going to do. We want to meet the characters, right, that we know from the movies and cartoons. We start anticipating what we're doing. It starts to build up. Right. And so we're just like, man, the road trip, this is half the fun. So we're like, oh, we're going to stop at that dirty gas station and get the jumbo candy because Aunt Pat doesn't care if we rot our teeth out of our head. And it's gonna be exciting, and we're gonna, you know, the window's down, and we're gonna go down the, the 99 all the way to, we're gonna to go to Disney, will be fantastic. Anticipation wells up and wells up and wells up. Because when somebody promises you something, right, when there's, a, there's the hope of a promise coming, you get excited. How many of you are waiting for something right now? Where's, where's my kids at? Where are all the kids? Show me where my kids at. That's all right, you can keep your hand raised. How many of you act like kids? Go ahead, raise your hands. There you go, okay. All the while. see, I knew the nudges always happen when I say that. Somebody so it was like two weeks ago. Somebody was talking to my wife. And she he said, and their line was, "Oh, so you have four kids?" And I'm doing the math. I'm like, one, two, three, three. Oh, they mean me. <laughs> it was not an unfair statement. Probably more true than not. But we eagerly await things, don't we? Right? You anticipate Christmas. You how many of you are anticipating Amazon knocking on your door? Right? Uh, yeah. Some of you don't have to wait quite as long. Some of you, right, you did Prime, so you only wait two days. Or Prime now, you only wait two hours. Some of you, like my one of my, my kids ordered this uh, phone case, and it said four to 20 days. I'm like, who puts four to 20 days on their standard? ship? That's never, that's coming from the other side of the world. And so... But we anticipate these things. And what happens, it's kind of like a wave if you've you've ever been surfing, right? I'm sorry if you've never been surfing. You should try it sometime. It's fantastic. But here's how waves work. You see them. You sit out there, and you're in the lineup, and you're seeing it coming on the horizon, and it starts to swell up, and it builds, and it builds, and it builds. And one of the most spectacular things is when a wave is is built so high, it's right about to break. That crest, right before it breaks, you jump on, you drop in, you're like, whoo! You like that? And then and it crashes. And if you've ever seen a big wave crash, it's spectacular. Have you seen it? I mean, it's just everything. And you're like, man, that was awesome. There's power. There's force behind it. See, and this is what eagerly awaiting for something that we've been promised is like. It's that wave, wave that's coming in. It swells up and you think about it. You're playing through the scenarios, how it's going to be. You get excited. You know the worst thing? is when your aunt calls you a week before you're supposed to go to Disneyland and tells you you're not going to go. And in its place, you get an oversized bag of Reese's Pieces. I hate that candy (laughs) because I got that candy three summers in a row because of broken promises. So we have this expectation that builds up in us. right? Maybe you have an expectation. Maybe maybe you've had this expectation of that, that one vacation you're supposed to have. You're still waiting 15 years later, right? If you're teenagers, there's a whole host of promises that get broken by friends and boys, losers. I'm just kidding, I have daughters so I can say that. And I'm a guy, so I know it's not untrue. And what we do is we, we expect these things, right, from people who promise us. And the problem is we know very early on what a broken promise is and what disappointment is like, don't we? And so what we do is inadvertently, I think, because we know what unfulfilled promises feel like at the hands of people that love us, we translate that to God, And if we're not careful, what happens is we hear about the promises in Scripture, right? The promise of hope, the promise of forgiveness, the promise of a future, the promise of healing and satisfaction and provision. And we sometimes carry with it a measure of doubt because we have been hurt by broken people making broken promises, It's like a wave that you see on the horizon and you're sitting there and you're waiting to turn that surfboard and paddle into that wave. And you do, you turn because it looks like it's going to break and it's building, 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 and you go. And all of a sudden it just passes you by and it never forms. This is where we find ourselves at Advent, right? We are all waiting for something. And all the temporal things we wait for, Amazon packages and dates and, you know, the stuff, Disneyland trips. All the things we wait for are temporal things. But I think that if we're honest with ourselves, we're all waiting for something else, aren't we? We're waiting for something that's going to satisfy something deep inside us, and that is, does anybody love me, period? Does anybody welcome me, period? Do I have purpose as I am now? Can I actually get rid of the shame that I feel? Does somebody love me? This is what we're waiting. We're waiting for this promise that the answer is yes. That somewhere, somehow, there is something or someone that will satisfy that deep longing in us. This is what's going on in the scriptures. This is why we celebrate Advent, isn't it? God's people were waiting. God's people were waiting. You want to turn your Bibles to Isaiah 7. In the Old Testament, it's after the Psalms. Isaiah chapter 7. See, God wanted to help them understand that something was coming, that there was this promise of something different. Now, what you need to know as you're turning, I'll give you a little history. The nation of Israel understood oppression and slavery. They understood darkness. They understood what it was like to walk in the desert figuratively and literally. Right? They were pulled out of Egypt. Right? And they were constantly being exiled. They were being taken over. They were being oppressed. They were being freed and rescued. And so they were looking for this end all, right? This final, like, are we finally gonna be free? And we're not unlike Israel, are we? We walk in darkness. We obey and disobey, and we understand. We understand slavery, maybe not to the extent of the human slavery that our country has known and still knows, by the way. But the spiritual oppression that we live in because of our own sin. We know what that's like and we we wonder, God, is this promise real? And this is what he says. Isaiah chapter 7, he says... Verse 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Flip the page over to Isaiah chapter nine. He continues and he gives, he's telling them what is coming. He says, nevertheless, there'll be no more gloom for those who are in distress. Right, he talks about honoring the Galilee of the Gentiles. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, death, a light has dawned. Then he goes into verse six. Very famous scriptures, you guys all know it. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And over and over, there's these prophecies, there's these scriptures. God speaks to his people, saying, Hey, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And then Malachi, Malachi speaks about the coming as well. You can look it up in Malachi. You don't need to turn there. Malachi 2.17 at 3.1. He says, I'm going to send my messenger, speaking of John the Baptist, the sign of Elijah. And he talks about the messenger of this covenant, Jesus. And then Israel didn't hear anything for 400 years. Four generations of people. They didn't have a prophetic word from God. Now, when you're waiting for that ox cord, or you're waiting for that vacation, or you're waiting for that trip to Disneyland, or whatever it is, the waiting is intense, is it not? Think about it. And the longer you wait, the harder it is to believe it's going to happen. Right? Is this really happening? Is this really coming? I ordered it two hours ago. Is it still on the way? God's people waited 400 years for the fulfillment of this amazing promise of hope and restoration and rescue. And then something happened. When you flip the page from Malachi to Matthew, you can turn it actually to Luke because we'll be in Luke chapter one. The revelation of this promise was given to a young woman. And it was the foretelling of a birth that you all know about. It's why we celebrate Christmas. But before Jesus came, this, the promise was reminded. Think about it. How many generations you tell, hey, it's coming. How many, how many parents told their kids, hey, don't forget this promise. God said, Emmanuel, God with us. He will himself be with us. That generation dies. The next generation, God with us. Don't forget, he's coming. He promises restoration and rescue. He's coming. Light out of darkness. That generation dies and on and on. Could you imagine, think about this, when Gabriel came to Mary and told her this. In the sixth month, this is verse 26, chapter one of Luke. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. Again, fulfillment of prophecy. That's where this, the Savior was coming through. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was like, Excuse me? That's my, is that not your translation? That's... Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. All these things were to fulfill that prophecy in Isaiah chapter 7. I was driving down the road the other day, and I was listening to uh, Christmas music, which is what I tend to do at this time of year. And there's a song that I used to not appreciate that I very much appreciate, and something clicked when I heard it this year. You guys know this song? Mary, did you know that your baby boy? i keep going if you want me to. No, I'm not. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I got the lyrics. I can do it. But there's one line in it that I think stood out to me because it, it, for me, it it spoke to this, the in-between, the anticipation that builds up. And the song, it says, did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? When you kiss your, this is the line that got me, when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Do you think in the nine months she she bore Jesus before he was delivered, that she could even fathom this idea that she was going to deliver the savior of the world. Talk about a crazy nine months. I Now listen, to be clear, I have no idea what that's like. I'm not a woman. I won't compare my pain to that pain. Never in a million years. You win, I lose. It's all good. I cannot imagine watching my wife with Lily and and just the anticipation of birth coming. Like, I wonder, do you wonder if those things went through her head? Like, I don't know what you would do. The promise, is it really going to be fulfilled in me? Is this really happening? Because, man, we carry that little seed of doubt. And I don't know if she doubted. If an angel came to me and said something, I probably wouldn't doubt either. But Joseph was freaking out. And what happens is this promise, this very real promise, made itself known in Christ. 400 years of waiting, culminating into an announcement and nine more months. It says in Luke 3.15, when John came on the scene, he wasn't Jesus, obviously, but he came to prepare the way. It says they were waiting eagerly to see if he might be the Christ. They were waiting eagerly that he might be the Christ. And of course, he pointed them to Jesus who was coming. What are we waiting eagerly for? This Advent season, you know, we're celebrating this great promise, the greatest promise. Do we wait eager for it? You're like, oh, gotta go hear that sermon again about the Advent. Probably sing some carols. Do you recognize when we sing those carols, we're worshiping God through those songs and telling Him how great He is because He fulfilled the promise that He gave in Isaiah chapter 7 that you and I, as Gentiles, get to be a part of? That we weren't excused from the promise. But we were grafted into the promise of a new life and salvation and forgiveness and healing and mercy and grace and eternity with God forever. Because God, who promises, is always faithful. See, broken promises come from broken people. But because God isn't broken and he's holy, when he says something, it comes to fruition. So the promise of Jesus will never leave you disappointed. The promise of Jesus will never, ever leave you disappointed because the one who promises is perfect and holy and faithful because he made you to be in relationship with him. Did you know that? See God, this is not just a story in the Bible. This is the story of the Bible. The entire scriptures from cover to cover is this. God who is holy wanted to be in relationship with us, created us in his image, every one of you in his image. But because we're selfish, we choose ourselves and not God. We disobey God, which is called sin. That sin separates us from God. And the Bible says that the punishment of that is death, full separation for eternity from God. But because he loved us, the scriptures say in John 3, 16, you know the you know story. This is the whole story of the Bible. He knew we couldn't fix it. Like, I can't just be better to be with God again because I'm already imperfect. He sent himself in human form in Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life, to die a death he didn't deserve, to take the punishment for my sin and yours. In the power of God, he rose from the grave again to prove that he has power over death and offer us hope and new life and eternity with God. Because he loves you, God gave this promise to prove it. Say, hey, I do love you. Rescue is coming. And that rescue came through Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're expecting from that. The Pharisees missed it. The Pharisees and the religious leaders were shackled by tradition. They couldn't, they're corrupt. They they couldn't see the promise fulfilled in Christ because what they wanted was a government, basically they wanted a government leader to come and take over and put them on top. They wanted to be on top because they were in a really terrible system, right? They were, Herod was awful. Herod had nine wives. If you don't count the one he killed for no reason, he was a terrible person. The promise was fulfilled in this kind of time. And the promise is fulfilled in this kind of time. The promise is for 2020. I won't say the worst year because it's not been the worst year on this earth. And it might not be the worst year after it's all said and done. But the promise was fulfilled at a terrible time, which we get to talk about this Thursday. And it is for you, and it is for me, and it is for the whole world. That's pretty exciting. So, what are we anticipating? You should be anticipating a lot because the promiser who gave us Jesus is faithful. What are you anticipating? What are you eagerly waiting for? You eagerly waiting for forgiveness? It's found in Christ. Are you eagerly awaiting hope? It's found in Christ. Are you eagerly awaiting healing from those deep wounds that you're carrying? Because we do carry them, don't we? It's found in Jesus. The promise is fulfilled in Jesus. It's not trite. It's not simplistic. It's reality. That way that you've been waiting for, that purpose that you're looking for, maybe it's purpose. Are you eagerly waiting for purpose? God, what's my purpose? Do I I belong here? Do I have anything to offer? In Jesus, yes. In Jesus, yes. Yes. It says in Romans 8, it talks about this creation that waits in eager expectation. That as the world is falling apart inwardly, we groan as we wait eagerly for our adoption. Verse 24 of chapter 8 of Romans says, For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we'll wait for it patiently. You don't hope for the package that already got delivered. You don't hope for the trip that you already took. You don't hope for the vacation that you've already been on. What are we hoping for this Christmas? The second coming of Christ. He came as a baby the first time. He's coming as a conquering king the second time. And that's something we put our hope in when the whole world falls apart. When everything else falls away, this promise is for you and it is true and it is real and it will stand for eternity. Because the promiser is faithful. If everyone on earth lets you down, myself included, it's coming. If it hasn't happened already, it'll happen. I'm, not, I'm just not that guy. God's promises will never, ever fail you. Teenagers, listen up. I know you've lived with a lot of broken promises in your life. You've seen a lot of broken relationships and you've seen adults not able to be perfect. Do you know why? It's because they're broken and they're not perfect. But God is faithful. Kids, listen. Little kids, God is faithful. And he will never let you down. Parents, husbands, wives, sons and daughters, listen. Don't let the broken promises of others negate the true and faithful promises of God in your life. He is faithful. And he does, in fact, love you. It was proven because he sent Jesus. Mary didn't know maybe what she was getting into, but I wonder if you know what you are waiting for, forgiveness and grace, setting aside shame and freedom that you can have in Christ. Sight, clarity. Look to Jesus, the true promise of God. Father, we thank you for this Advent season that we can celebrate your very real and true promise. And we're thankful that we know the answer, that we know that that fulfillment has come and is present. Help us walk in that today, Lord. We're gonna end our service the way we always do, which is with prayer. So those of you who are helping us with prayer, if you'd make your way to the front, that would be wonderful so we can receive those who may need to pray. Look, this is a time for you to interact with the living God Folks up here don't have magic prayers, but they're available. It's God who you need, and we love to be a part of that with you. If you need to pray for yourself or pray for a family, a member, a friend, or you need to meet Jesus, it's a perfect time to do that. This is a time for you just to interact with him, and we're available with you to do that. So as we sing together, let's, let's pray. You can stand together.